0: Welcome back to The moose Room, hosted by the University of Minnesota Extension. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Joe Armstrong, and as promised, this is part two of our time with Kirsten Sharp, Dr. Bradley J. Hines' grad student. Today, it's all about energy use, how we're using energy on our dairy, and where we can improve. So enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening. Maybe give us some background. I know we talked about, Brad already told us that a normal household uses would you say five to seven kilowatts? Kilowatts. Yeah. So what, what about a dairy? How do we, how do we get our hands on like what, what does a dairy use for energy?
1: So prior studies really use only energy audits. So they get, um, for example, the, all of the equipment that's in the barn, the motor sizes, um, how long all of those components are run and they estimate Energy use, electricity use, um, and it's not really based off of actual electricity consumption. So, some prior studies um, have found that it usually a, a dairy farm would range from 400 to about 1700 kilowatt hours of electricity per cow per year. Um, and uh, that's kind of a uh, wide range, and it's really dependent on the type of farming system that you have, your management styles, um, everything like that. Um, so really it depends on, yeah, like I just said, your, your farm and your management and your barn and um, the components you have in your farm as well. So it really varies. So this study that we wanted to do was to, similar to what I said before about the swine barn study, we wanted to collect electricity data um, from dairy farms and we wanted to do this because as we all know consumers have really been demanding products that have a smaller carbon footprint and they seek those products out in the grocery store and the dairy industry is really kind of working on sustainability and wanting to be more marketable to consumers so we wanted to be able to help producers kind of find areas on their farms where they might be able to reduce their uh, fossil fuel consumption so really specifically looking at different electrical components that they could work on reducing electricity use with kind of the hopes of um, the producers taking this data looking within their own farms to see where they could to do where they could do that and kind of in the end be more marketable or be uh, what's the word? Consumers would want to buy those products more. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I, is there benchmark data already? So that you know, like, all right, so you do an audit or you figure out what you're measuring and then you say, all right, well, actually, this component of my dairy is taking this percentage of my electricity bill or whatever, is that going to, is there something that they can compare that to to know what that number means? Is it normal? Is it abnormal? Or, or is that part of the study as well? Are you trying to find these benchmarks?
1: Yeah. So that was part of our study. So this study is really unique because we actually went into the circuit breaker panels and installed energy monitoring equipment. So we can actually see just how much every electrical component on a dairy farm is using. So fans, Um, lights, pressure washers, we see every individual loads consumption and so we are, in that sense, we are providing actual energy use data and providing that data as a benchmark for farmers to use. There are, like I said before, audits available out there, but um, again, they don't necessarily use actual data.
2: and they you know and sometimes they and they a lot of it is based on what the farmers tell them you know if they go out and say oh well you have 10 fans yeah i usually run them about half a day and then you can do some calculations but we know exactly how how long your fans have been running and all of that uh, versus kind of trying to take a a good guesstimate at it so
0: well before we get too much further in what you found and all that let's Talk about the farms, right? Because I would think like size and all that stuff is going to come into it, right? So, did you have a good range of different sizes? Did you have different ranges of building design? How did that all work?
1: Yeah, so we had five farms and they ranged in size from our first farm was a 9,500 cow farm, a freestall cross ventilated barn. They milked their cows on a 106 stall rotary parlor. So, That was the biggest farm in our study, Um, 9,500 cows. We had another farm that had 300 cows. It was naturally ventilated. They were a robotic farm and they had been using Layleys since 2016. We had another farm that had 200 cows. Again, that was naturally ventilated with a double eight hearing bone parlor. We had another farm that was 400 cows. It was naturally ventilated. And they actually had a typical parlor and they transitioned to uh, seven Lely robots, milking robots in October, 2019. We were monitoring their electricity from July, 2018 until December, 2019. So we could see when they transitioned to robots um, at what point during what month they transitioned. They basically shut down their whole parlor and went to robots and didn't go back to their parlor. So that was very interesting.
0: That's really cool, that's a great opportunity.
1: Yeah, to get that data. Um, And then our last farm was the farm at the West Central Research and Outreach Center. So definitely the most unique because it is, again, a low-input and pasture-based dairy. So we don't have cows inside, we don't necessarily have fans for cow comfort, and stuff like that. So we had a wide wide range of farms.
0: And you guys have a super fancy parlor, right?
1: At, at the W oh yeah. Oh yeah, very fancy, very uh-huh. state, state
2: of the art. Actually it is state of the art, it's just.
0: Well now it is, yeah. It is yeah, now. But ass- it is, ass- it's a swing, isn't it?
2: A swing parlor, swing parlor yeah. okay. with affy milk.
0: There you go, there you go. Okay, so you did have like a big range of farms, which is great, you know, I think always people are always wondering, you know, well what does this really apply to me? Well you seem to cover just about every size farm. Yeah. Maybe not the, the 60 cow stanchion barn, but that's okay. I don't, that that's okay. That's hard to, that's hard to do. So that's good. I'm glad you guys got a big range, a lot of different sized, uh, sized dairies, different barn designs too, which is really cool. Robots, no robots, one that did both. Yeah. What What did you find? Give us a general overview of what's, what's using the most power on most dairies?
1: Again, these farms were so different that we did find quite a few differences in our results. And across all five farms, we monitored over, I think Brad was at over 300 electrical loads.
2: Yeah, a a lot.
1: We have a lot of data and we collected the data on a daily basis, an hourly basis, and a minute basis. So we could actually see what these components were using minute by minute, which is insane. That's a lot of data. Pretty much on, um, the bigger farm Farm a, they used their most energy. Um, electricity was towards ventilation. They typically just kind of manage their fans. Um, the herdsmen manage their fans. So basically they were on or off.
0: And that was the big cross vent barn, right?
1: Yep, Yep. Yep. Um, so fan use in that farm was pretty high compared to the other farms on a, on a production basis and they also had a separate vet room in this farm which they had their calf room was connected to that vet room as well as kind of a fresh cow milking parlor and they had i think it was 19 or 22 electric radiant heaters
0: 22
1: yes i think it was 19 i'm pretty sure but that's a lot so electric radiant heaters um are great for for heating objects but they use a lot of electricity and you can see that in this farm as well. A lot of energy was being used for those heaters. For the other farms, the 300 cow robotic farm and the 200 cow farm um, that didn't have robots, they again use probably most of their electricity for uh, ventilation just with panel fans over the stalls. Farm B actually was kind of interesting. So we were monitoring their generator block heater. All of a sudden we noticed in July that this block heater was kind of running full bore. And we told the producer and they got an electrician out there and they found out that their thermostat was broken and so the block heater was just on constantly. Um, So that's kind of cool that we saw this in their data and we actually saved them several hundred dollars a month by finding issue that would
0: be expensive really expensive
1: yeah so that was pretty neat
0: i'm sorry i'm looking at the data here and uh, something's jumping out at me yep. farm farm d 34 for manure mm-hmm. so
1: yeah they have a manure composter for um, basic for bedding the cows this was definitely their largest user on farm d Um, But they're using this for other beneficial reasons that benefit themselves as a farm. But yeah, another thing about this farm is that they also tend to keep their lights on kind of 24-7. And you can see that their lighting usage is pretty high. Um, So we actually talked to the producer and showed them, you know, where they were using their most energy. They told us that they were going to look into turning their lights off more. Um, Well,
0: and I I think there's some benefit to long day lighting, right? But it has to be installed correctly. Like there's very specific recommendations for how high it needs to be, how much it covers, all that. And if you're if you're not meeting that, probably not a good reason to have lights on all the time.
1: Yeah, for
2: sure. When, you know, some of these farms were converting to LEDs as well. You know, one nice. some farms yeah. had LEDs, some did not, some were converting, you know, our parlor at at our research center is not LED, so you know we'll admit it that the university's a little behind everybody else. But uh,
0: imagine you, that! You, you, imagine you, that! You
2: you you can see some of these things that you know one farm was converting to LEDs, and I think that'll help them out in the future. It's just you know so finding enough awesome. money to be able yeah. to do that and see what's going on.
1: Yeah.
0: So fan fans, ventilation were a big, big pull. Looks like cooling milk, maybe also a big pull.
1: Yeah, uh, Farm E, which is the West Central's farm, we have a plate cooler that we're pulling heat off of the milk and storing it in a hot water storage tank for washing um, later on. And so we have a huge electric heat pump that um, basically does that operation for us. So that's why you see milk cooling in Farm E as being pretty high um, compared to the other farms
0: but you're also spending less on water heating, right? You're not heating water to clean with as much cause you have, you're storing that heat.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We also like to plug in quite a few milk health space heaters in our, in uh, the WCROCS farm to keep our water lines from freezing, to keep our milkers nice and toasty in the locker room and the office nice and warm. So again, you see a big jump in electricity use during The colder winter months, um, due to those space heaters. But you know, you have to keep your employees nice and comfortable too. If you want them to work hard.
0: Yeah, I mean, labor retention is key. You
2: know, a thirty-dollar milkhouse heater costs you about four to five dollars a day to run. So, (laughs) they're really expensive to run. They
0: are. That's crazy crazy expensive. It's crazy. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, well, give it give us some conclusions like as far as like all right if i'm a producer and i can figure out where this energy is coming from or where or or even if i can't what what do i do like how do i start figuring out where i need to spend some time and making some changes
1: mhm Brad probably can talk about this a little bit more than i can really the goal was to pinpoint these areas of high electricity use and For me to provide the results for producers, I did do a little investigating on some maybe energy efficient technologies that could be installed that farmers could use or um, maybe even looking into some renewable energy technologies. Again, integrating that into your farm could have, like I said before, multiple benefits. Maybe Brad can talk a little bit about some uh, technologies farmers could look into installing on their
2: farm? Sure. I I think the the big thing that we found about this was just being able to monitor your farm and knowing what's going on is probably the, the big takeaway because most people probably don't know what's happening. And I think that was eye-opening for us that we saw some of these components, especially that generator block heater. You know, we had a, a farm probably would have just gone on and just, oh, you know, our electricity bill went up and we don't know why. And uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, there's a lot of things that even farms, uh, all ranges can do. When we started this project um, on our dairy, we actually started it in 2013. We started monitoring our own uh, dairy at our research center and we didn't have a VFD on our milk pump. So, you know, which is, there's not a lot of dairy farms in Minnesota that don't have VFDs on a lot of things. So even just putting a simple VFD on a bunch of motors can help. You know, we were able to uh, put a VFD on our milk pump and it probably has about a two year payback. So it really, you know, so things like that can make changes fast.
1: It really saved us quite a bit of money too. installing that VFD a
0: lot. Why don't we, let's define VFD just in case anyone's lost
2: variable frequency drive. So it makes the motor run a little bit slower when it doesn't need all that energy.
0: Perfect. Um, Same, same concept with variable speed fans and things like that, right?
2: Yes. Yep. Yep. You know, we can see it on one of the farms that we were on. Their fans didn't use as much energy because they had VFDs on every motor on their fans. So that, that helped out too. You know, I would make some of the changes that you can see right away, VFDs, LED lights, uh, things like that, before you really decide to figure out some of the other components. One of the other parts of the project we were trying to figure out, we had a student come from Germany to actually do some work with us as well, where she modeled, took one of the farms and modeled it and actually tried to figure out how much renewable energy they would need for, to save all their electricity. So we modeled it after the... The, the large farm and they would probably need uh, a, a large wind turbine and and some solar to be able to offset their electricity use. But we can look at some of these other farms and, you know, maybe renewable energy, maybe solar is uh, one of the way that they could go to save some of the energy on farms. So that was sort of the, the end game of the project is trying to figure out how farmers can reduce their cost.
0: Yeah. And I, I like, I really like this research. It's super applied. It's super direct. Um, and it, it matters a lot. You know, I mean, it's not hard to find the takeaway. I, I really appreciate that.
2: I, I We but need we'll to go. give a, a shout out to the environmental natural resources trust fund. So that's the granting agency to help fund this. They put up the solar panels. They assisted Kirsten with her graduate student work. We monitored all the dairy farms with us. So really without their, funding so that's if you don't know that's lottery money that goes into an environmental fund in the state and they you know provide funding for projects to help reduce the environmental impacts in the state and that's really how we got it so certainly grateful for their funding from the state legislature
1: yes lottery money as in literally when you buy a lottery ticket so buy more tickets people
0: (laughs) (laughs) perfect perfect any anybody else you want to thank besides Brad Um,
1: I would like to thank all the farmers that let us do uh, the energy monitoring project on their farms for trusting us to traipse through once a month and collect the data and, you know, just, yeah, dairy producers are awesome people and without them, we wouldn't have been able to do this. So, thank you to the, the producers. Bonus question!
0: I just thought of a question that I completely forgot to ask. Okay. The monitoring equipment, how practical or impractical or expensive if you wanted to do something like that maybe not as you know as strenuous as you guys did but like do something like that so you could track this stuff on your farm how hard would that be to do
1: for sure so it's uh you can purchase the equipment online the main data loggers that we use were called e-gauge data loggers Uh, i believe that you purchased the sensors. At the same website as well so current sensors it's pretty easy to install uh, luckily the uh, researcher that we had helping us to install uh, knows a lot about installing this equipment but it's fair fairly straightforward I could go in myself now and install one myself it is it can be a little uh, I don't know if sketchy is the right word but In order to power the data logger, you need to basically plug it into an empty circuit breaker. Um, So you need to turn the power off and everything like that. But it's pretty straightforward to actually go and install this yourself. Cost, um, Brad, is it, I think the data loggers were $900 a piece. Yeah,
2: it was somewhere in that a thousand to $1,500 per farm to sort of monitor them really.
0: But, but even, even at that cost, I mean, uh, if you catching that heat block, you know, that block heater, yeah, that, it pay, I it, mean, it broke even pretty quickly, right?
2: It, it paid for itself really fast.
1: Yeah. It yeah.
0: Did. Okay. I just, yeah, just completely forgot to ask that. I meant to ask it earlier because we had, we had said that's an option, but I didn't know if that was truly an option or if that was just a, a research thing only, but it sounds like it'd be pretty easy to do.
1: Yep, they're available. These data loggers are available at eGauge.com and um, you can purchase them for your, your house. One of our scientists has one in his house that he uses to monitor his house use. Uh, we actually installed one as part of a
2: Whatever he's monitoring his pool. He's monitoring his pool,
1: probably. <laughs> I don't know
0: how much energy is the pool taking. <laughs> exactly. I see. I we see.
1: did this partnership with the city of Morris, and we actually installed some data loggers on the liquor store and the library. So yeah, they're pretty, pretty, pretty easy to use and not too expensive.
0: Cool. All right. Well, I think we'll we'll call it a wrap there. I'll do the ending. But uh, thank you, Kirsten, for being here. I really do apologize for just whiffing on your name early in the episode.
1: That's okay. And uh,
0: it, it, I'm going to have to leave it in because I think it's going to be hard to edit out. So uh, okay. no way around it. Everyone will get to hear me put my foot in my mouth. I'll buy you a beer. How about that?
1: Perfect. Yes.
0: One more time. Big thank you to Kirsten Sharp for joining us on short notice. We hope this two-part series gave you something to work on on your dairy, gave you some some things to look at and some goals for the future if you're looking at using renewable energy especially as a, a shade source as we talked about in the first part as always if you'd like to learn more or need something to reference please visit extension.umn.edu that's extension.umn.edu if you have any questions for us comments about the show or ideas about what you'd like to hear send them to the Room at umn.edu that's t-h-e-m-o-o-s-r-o-o-m at umn.edu thanks for listening catch you next episode
1: perfect